Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the A to Z Sports Preds Nashcast, a.k.a. My God, how is this season only half over? I am your host, Alex Darty, and joined by my co-host, Chris Link. Today, the Nashville Predators have lost three of four games this week, and now their injured reserve list is getting very crowded. The season is ostensibly over, uh, except that they've just only now reached the midpoint of the season, which I just realized, like, when making the show prep for this, like, oh my god, the show is only ha- the season's only halfway over. Oh, I just had that realization when I was looking at the show notes. I, it just feel every game that comes up, I'm just like, really, this is still happening? This is still going on? <laughs> 28 games to go, Link. Oh. 28 games. Today, Link and I are going to transport all of you depressed Preds fans into a time into the future in which we are very happy because the Predators are beyond the current state of the team, and they are uh, they are hopeful, and they are they are youthful, and they are good again, and they are productive, and they are fun, and in the playoffs, especially. And we all have flying cars, and yes. all you need to do is put a tiny pizza in an oven with some water, and it expands into a full-size pizza instantly. Exactly. We all have pet unicorns, um, with, and we can take our unicorns to, to unicorn parks where they can run around and play with each other. Impalings are up like 500%, though, so there are some <laughs> downsides. So we're going to look ahead five years into the future and see what this roster could look like based on the way things should go um who knows if they will but link how are you doing i am i'm doing pretty well uh i mean i have to watch predators games but other than that i'm, I'm pretty good i mean i also have to watch flyers games sometimes um mm-hmm. and even in spite of those i'm doing pretty well well the flyers are better than the predators though they are um they are definitely better they and some are, of the Predators may be on the Flyers soon. Well, the, the Flyers are what the, I kind of thought the Predators were going to be, which is a bubble playoff team. Um, and I thought okay. the Flyers were going to be a little bit better. Hmm. Nothing has met my expectations. Yeah, I, I'm looking at the record now. I hadn't looked at the record. Yeah, they're, they're not at fifth in the division. Yeah, that's not as good as I thought they would be. Like, yeah, that's, yeah. that's just Yeah, funny. well, it's when you go five and five in your last ten. I mean. Yeah, what happened to, well, anyways, we don't have to talk they about that. They played Washington a bunch and didn't do well. Okay. Um, but uh, this week, uh, the Predators, they won a uh, they won, they won a game. game. They, they won a game in a shootout. And uh, that was a game in which they blew a 3 nothing lead. So uh, kind of surprising that they actually did win that game. Um, yeah. So they, they blew a 3 nothing lead in the third period. And then uh, um, they had a shootout win. It, it was pretty pretty fun to watch, actually. It was a really entertaining overtime and then shootout as, as entertaining a shootout. I, I, haven't, I haven't watched a shootout in three <laughs> or four years. Say, so I was I just going to say, you, you, you probably didn't watch that one. but No, I just turned it off. I don't, <laughs> I don't care. Uh, the other three losses for the Predators, I mean, they, they probably didn't even belong in the same building. The first one was close against Carolina, 3-2 loss. But then a 5-1 loss to Carolina and then a 6-3 loss to Tampa. Tampa just just crushes yeah, the well, predators you know i'm gonna 
I'm gonna. I want to say about the Tampa game. It. They were going to lose that game. I don't think they were ever going to win that game. But they actually, I don't think, given the tools they had, played all that badly. If you look at how they actually yeah. managed themselves on the ice, they did pretty well. Now, this is the classic, and I think the OTF account, the Unfortunate account, called this out, and I was deciding whether to be snarky or not. We're like, oh, it was really just you know three or four mistakes that caused the, the, the team to lose. Well, I want to quickly say the reality is that if you're going out there and making three to four significant mistakes every night across 28 games, that that's how you're going to lose a lot of games. Mm-hmm. Um, and that means yeah. you're not a good team. Either the system is breaking down or you, your yeah. players aren't good enough. Um, but, you know, there, there was a point in there where despite the fact that they lost and they were destined to lose just from the performance – they actually played not bad. Like I, yeah. I was surprised at how they did not look like an AHL team out there against Tampa. They looked like a bad NHL team. Well, and you had six rookies playing in that game, uh, and you had a lot of minutes from the. I mean, Carrier, Davies, all play, they both played over twenty one and eighteen minutes. Uh, Frederick Allard makes his debut, and he plays seventeen minutes. Um, of course, of course, Trennan, Olivier, to- uh, Tolden, and they all play. So, <clears throat> yeah, six rookies played in that game, um, and you know they they made it a one goal game late in the period and late in the third. It it's it's very, it's like we talked about at the beginning of the season. You'd rather them be struggling with a lot of rookies in the lineup, losing somewhat close games uh, to good teams. I, I you'd rather that than than have you know Jared Tenorti and Brad Richardson and. Uh, Lucas Sabisa and those guys out there just struggling to score as well or struggling to stop scoring as well. Mm-hmm. And you'd, you'd rather see what you saw in Tampa where rookies going out there, putting in some good minutes, getting some production or, or, or rather getting some experience. Yeah. And I've, I have been, I've been pleased by how many of the rookies have been playing. You know, Carrier, he's not like, he doesn't, he's not looking to be an elite talent, but he's looking to be a stable NHLer, you know, third pairing guy. He's not, certainly not worse than the years of Tenorti and uh, Irwin and things like that. Like, he's not a downgrade from those guys. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, we'll see in a few more games how he stacks up against Borbievsky and uh, Benning. Uh, yeah. and, and to see, you know, there, you know, Allard looked good in in his first rollout um you know not a perfect game at all he's got lots of room to grow he's got to get used to the speed i mean it's hard to look really good as a rookie against the tampa bay lightning i mean what do you expect i mean talk about throwing right into the fire um davis uh, oh are we saying davies or davis because i'm davies so okay well i'm so used to um ben davis on and and like uh because i do the welsh pronunciation i'm just used to doing the welsh pronunciation of it which is just davis yeah um so sorry if i I screw that up yeah davis he looked a little bit shaky but fine still fine i thought he looked fine yeah um uh, yeah i would say he looked nervous at first but then like definitely his second game i think he looked better he even like got power play time yeah yeah i don't I, i kind of wonder you know what Poyle's goal was when he started bring when he has some really talented, decent quality, not like showstoppers, but good quality defensemen in the AHL. He's signing Matt Benning and and Mark Borfieski. Maybe he didn't really need to do that. Uh, Davies, just I know this is very little amount of information, but 
Uh, he's only played. He's played forty six minutes. He's got a, a a shot attempt share of like basically dead even, basically fifty percent. Which um, for a, for a rookie, for a guy that's just never played, that's really not bad. His expected goals share is much lower. He's not he's not doing nearly as much to to generate expected goals, but his expected goals allowed is pretty low. So I think he's like, I, I mean. He's not awful. I mean, like he's he's got from. Uh, yeah, I mean, let him and, and let him play. You know, just yeah. let him play at this point. Yeah, and that I, I don't know what else you can expect from him. You can't expect him to go out there and win a ton of games because even with right. their top, their elite, top perfect roster, they're not winning a lot of games. Yeah. So just a quick injury update. So the reason a lot of these rookies are playing, and this is the interesting part, is the uh, the Predators are being forced to play their rookies because they just have so many players on injured reserve right now. Roman Yossi is week to week. That's the big one. Uh, Ryan Ellis is still out. He's he was deemed four to six weeks on March second. Matt Duchesne is still out. He was deemed three to five weeks. UC Saros don't know. Uh, he's day to day. That's obviously a concussion issue that that can take weeks, or it can be days, or it can be months, or longer. I, you know, you never know. Um, Mark Borbietsky is week to week. Luke Cunning is two to four weeks. I mean, tons of guys are out. Also, Lucas Sabisa, I guess, is still on the team. Um, whatever. Oh, I forgot about him. Yeah. Uh, so lots of injuries, mostly to defense. I mean, there's four yeah. defensemen on injured reserve right now. So Fabra's got one more game to oh, serve yes. on a suspension, right? I, Just one yes, more. I, right, yeah, he served one. He has one more. He had he got two games total for that. I thought it was three. It. It was just two. It was two. Yeah, two, it was two okay. games. So he'll serve that second game on Monday, and then he'll be back. So yes, I yeah. forgot about Dante Fabro. Um, so yeah, yeah, really five defensemen out uh currently uh, that's that is impressive yeah that's very impressive so and and you know key forwards and or well duchene yeah yeah he's a key forward i mean Uh, well he generates a lot more offense than like ryan johansson (laughs) well he generates more offense than uh than any rookie does right now right i mean he should at least i mean yeah you'd well you'd hope if you have an eight million dollar center that's not generating more offense than yakov trenin then you got a problem uh so even though Jakob Trenin, I think has looked really great and he's a guy that, um, you know, in the, in our main sort of topic today, uh, which we can go ahead and get to, because I think it's really a, a lot, there's a lot to it. Um, you know, I, when I think about this predators team and we talked about this before I got on, um, there's some interesting similarities between this situation. The teams are, the team is in right now and the end of the Barry Trotz era, there's obviously some major differences. Barry Trotz era ended with, you know, your longtime coach just having a power struggle with David Poyle and then just walking away, uh, parting ways. Very different from this, obviously. Uh, The structure of the team was built differently. That team was much more defensively focused, had problems scoring, but that was mostly because they couldn't generate or develop any forwards. This team trying to go pay for forwards and that's not working either. So there's some differences, but I, I think there's a lot of similarities too. You know, you look at that team, the, those late 12, 13, and 13, 14 teams, uh, the the way in which they tried to play, the, the identity that they tried to have, that's what this team is trying to do. Obviously, that shortened season in 12, 13, this is a shortened season. Um, and I, I'm just kind of wondering, you know, that that team in five years, by, by the time the, the 12, 2012, 2013 team waited five years, they were in the Stanley Cup playoffs. You know, they, I'm sorry, finals. They were in the Stanley mm-hmm. Cup final. So in five years, what is this current Preds team going to look like? Uh, I, I don't think anyone thinks they're going to be in the Stanley Cup final in five years, but, you know, we didn't think that back then either. 
Um, so, you know, there's obviously no sense worrying about this team in the short run. The long term is kind of where you're you're looking at right now. Who do you think is still going to be on the Preds by the time of the 2025 season? So that's about five years from now. 2025 season. Who do you think mm-hmm. will still be on? Are we going to know? Are any of the Preds that are currently on the team still going to be around? I, so you have to look at some of... Let's, let's talk about the ones that, that may be around just because there's nothing you can do about it. So the two interesting ones, of course, are Johansson and Duchesne because they're both... well. They're actually no. Their contracts both end, or sorry, I should say, du- Johansson probably won't be around, right? Because right. his ends twenty four, twenty five. So right be a, before the twenty five, he'll be a UFA that year uh, season. He you know, he may be. I don't know if he's gonna be looking for a contract. He's twenty eight right now, <clears throat> and then Duchesne, he'll be in the last year of his contract, and he'll also be. Is he gonna be thirty five, thirty six years old yeah. at that point? Yeah, he'll be thirty six. Um. So, I mean, presumably they haven't bought him out by that point. It's hard to say. Because <laughs> um, a, a center at 36, if he's not producing, I mean, I'm not sure what he's going to be doing on the team at that point. Uh, yeah. But you you have the contract. He's there. So I think those are the ones that, you know, so you have that as sort of this albatross contract right now. I kind of have to think that Yossi may still be kicking around. Like, yeah. though I do ask myself when you get to – 20 you know 23 24 seasons if you start saying hey roman do you want to move to a contender in order to you know to go for a Stanley Cup before you retire mm-hmm. um so that's really that one gets hard to predict because i think if it's up to the predators maybe even up to yossi he's there you know he's he's there through his contract he sees that through sort of pecorine style yeah but you know i i do not blame a franchise player from saying I like I would like to go somewhere and really compete. I'm not going to get that here. We both know that. Let's be honest. Let's make it happen. Um, you know he has a no movement clause, but those things are to protect the player. If the player wants to move, those are obviously very easy to work around. Um, and and there's a lot of good options. You can make things happen. And you're really trying to do justice to the person. So you're not trying to get some astronomical return. Um, you're not trying to, to, you know, swindle anybody. You're just trying to you know, have a little respect for one of your senior players and, and let him, let him chase after the dream one, one more time. I think, I think Roman Yossi is a, in my opinion, I think is a, as a lock to still be on the team in five years. And, mm-hmm. and, and it's not just because of the contract situation, but it's because like, you know, he'll be 35 by that time, 35, 30, turning 36, um, that's not crazy for a defenseman, especially it's not crazy for a defenseman like him who doesn't, he doesn't play with such like, he doesn't play like Shea Weber plays where he's just being extremely physical and he's not, you know, a big body that's going to break down. Uh, Roman Yossi has a lot more speed to his game. And I think, I think that would probably trans, he's not going to be as fast then, but he doesn't play the same type of game as like a Dustin Bufflin. Yeah. Example. I mean, I think that's a great point, but what you reminded me of as well, Alex is, Yossi does have a concussion history. Does, yeah, that's correct. So, yeah. I, you know, that's that's the thing to watch out for because he could take one bad hit. That could go south And we've, seen, we've yeah. seen several Predators get taken out of games this season from yeah. bad hits that have led to head injuries. I don't know. Did Benning – I don't even remember if Benning came back. Um, Benning? Yeah. yeah. He's back. He's back. He came, he came back after the boarding. I just – for some yeah. reason, my I, I blanked. So, but you know, we, we, the team did lose Soros to that, and Yossi has had several concussions. So, very that's good to watch as well. That, 
that could definitely happen. Um, I, I think I still think I, I think Roman Yossi right now. If you're thinking he's probably a lock, I think also, um, you know, there's been all this talk about Philip Forsberg. I I think there's no way that they're not going to re-sign Philip Forsberg. I think that they would be willing to trade almost anyone away in order to save cap room to sign Philip Forsberg. I think they Does... know he is the guy that they. I mean, I I don't think that there's any way they let him go. Um, well, they don't really. I'll, I'll be honest. They don't really have a choice. Um, I mean, they can try and sign him, but he's going to be a UFA. Yeah. So if he doesn't want to be, yeah, here, yeah, yeah, he's right. gone. Well, and I don't, I don't see any. I don't see what keeps him here. Um, well, I, honestly, I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't have any inside information here, but I, I do think that he, he has a lot of, he has a lot of leverage here. But I, I don't think that he has any, um, uh itch to 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 move elsewhere he, he doesn't uh, seem that way well i mean i mean we got to be realistic i mean the, the thing we always have to remember is this is a job for these guys at the end of the day it's a job yeah i just changed jobs and the thing i said to everybody is i wasn't looking to change jobs i was not i didn't have a resume even ready i had someone approach me say hey would you be interested in doing this and even though i didn't really want to leave my current company the opportunity was exactly what I was looking for. It was a really the right person came knocking, and I decided to leave. I, I, I miss working with my old team almost every day. I really enjoy working with my new team as well. So, yeah. I, you know, I look at a guy like Forsberg. He may not want to leave Nashville, yeah. But if a real contender comes calling with the right money and the right pitch, he's gonna listen to it because yeah. one, it's his job. He wants to be happy. You're happy when you're winning games, when you're being successful. And you're going to be real happy when you're competing for trophies. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I don't wouldn't blame him if he left, and I would understand why he would want to do that. So the Predators need to present Forsberg if they really want him around for the next go. They need to show him a real plan. Yeah, for rebuild, and and maybe there'll be a new GM sending in the contract. You know, it, yeah, it could be. So I, I think it's I to say Forsberg to be here in 2025 is I think. I, right now, I feel like it's a stretch given what I see from the organization. Yeah, that that, that that's fair. So, uh, it, my, in my opinion, it's Yossi and Forsberg, and then after that, it's basically uh, <laughs> everyone else is gone. Now, so you're so they trade Ellis, is what you're saying? You're going to trade Ellis? Oh wait, hold on. Did I? El, Brian Ellis is signed through like 2027. Oh no, I, I I had that on the I had that on the same line with Roman Yossi. No, I think yeah. Ryan Ellis will be here. That that's it's three, then, three players I think will be locked. It'll be Forsberg. What about what about Colton Sissons? Ryan Ellis. <laughs> Here's my thought on Colton Sissons because he's yeah. signed through 2025. And by the way, or 2026. So he doesn't have but he's also not very good. So my guess is at some point he either gets traded as like a, as as part of a other deal mm-hmm. to kind of balance things out or he gets put on waivers. And and also, I'm guys like guys who are playing now, Ellie Tolvin and Davies Allard, uh, Carey, like we talked about. I, I'm I'm tentatively saying they're they're keepers and they'll probably be around. But that's obviously obviously based on how they pan out. You know, if if, if none of those guys pan out and in two years they're out of the league, then yeah. I mean, there's no reason to keep them around. Yeah, so right like, now they still look like they they they're worth a look. Yeah, they're right, worth exactly. a look. So like so those guys who are on the roster, and I'm also not talking about prospects. I'm talking. I mean. We will we'll talk about this in a minute, but there's several prospects who I think will probably be contributing by 2025, uh, and that's a that's a big part of this. But we're we're talking about I'm talking mostly just about the 23 man roster and the and the taxi squad, whatever. 
um, that they'll be gone. But everyone else is, is gone. I think Johansson, like you said, I think he'll be gone. I think that Matthew Shane will be gone either because they've traded his contract away or they've bought him out or he's retired or something. Can, can I um, just like, you know, we're talking about this and I'm, I'm, I've got references pulled up in my other screen and I'm just looking at the Predators cat friendly page and it is the most, the mess. It is a mess. Like, you know, I, I know that the, the, this is how the system handles it, but it's like, you look down the active defenseman list. It's like NHL, NHL, NHL or status, it's NHL, NHL, NHL suspended emergency loan, emergency loan, emergency loan, yeah. emergency loan, injured reserve injured reserve injured reserve. yeah it is it is a really big mess right now the defense especially yeah that it's pretty bad so um i they the the and that's why like you know the short term is just it's just screwed like everything is screwed in the short term the, this team mm-hmm. is not going to win anything and this team is old this like the like the main core like a lot of these guys are you know getting older like the on defense and even at forward, like they're—I mean, not to say Johansson and and Duchesne aren't like kind of probably right in the midst of. Well, Johansson especially should be in his prime. Um, yeah, the, like the, the Brad Richardson signing continues to be very curious, and then obviously Rene's age pulls everybody's up a little bit on the average. But I haven't even looked at what the, I don't even know what the roster's average age is at this point. Oh, okay, I thought that's what you're looking at. No, I'm just looking at the. It's just a you know, it just feels like an older team. Um, because what, yeah, because you've got some young guys in here who've been called up who are lower than that, but just a random thing I'm looking at. Yeah. What is the average? The average age is 27.4. Um, and actually that's probably gone down because they've had to play some rookies. So, oh yeah, I'm sure it's gone down. They've Um, got, they've got, they've got, yeah, five 30 year olds on injury reserve right now. So no, I think my, my three players, and I actually want to read some tweets because I tweeted this out and had some people give their, their take, uh, um, I think Roman Yossi, Ryan Ellis, and Phil Forsberg will be on this team in five years. Uh, the stretch there is probably the Phil Forsberg, but I, I do think that they'll re-sign him. Um, some, some other people, Kyle Perkins says Yossi, Forsberg, and Tolvanen. Uh, Buff Toro at Demo75 says Yossi Askarov, who I'm going to get to in a minute, and Tolvanen. Uh, Jeremy Gover, uh, fellow, fellow media member. Yossi, Forsberg, and Sissons. He thinks Colton Sissons is going to be around. I, yeah, I mean, I, it's certainly possible, but I just, I still think he gets sent to the AHL at some point or traded as a bit piece. I, I don't know what Colton Sissons even is at this point. Um, he's just, he's just not very good. I mean, that's, I, I don't like. I was yeah. really hopeful for him because he seemed like he was going to have a couple. He had a couple really strong years, but he's just disappeared. Um, uh, wait at Wayward Blade twenty four. Christina says a name that we have not mentioned yet. Uh, she says Tolvanen, uh, Yossi, and Dante Fabro. Um, <sighs> I, I happen to think Dante Faber will not be on this team in five years. Just I mean, how many how many more rounds does he get to prove himself before they decide he's just not? Yeah, twenty twenty five. Dante Fabro still has to prove himself after six rookie years. Uh, this is his rookie, his seventh rookie year, and uh, he's uh, making some rookie mistakes as a as a six year, seven year vet. Yeah, if you're talking about players going out there making, you know, that one that one were two really bad mental mistakes every game that that, that cost the Predators a goal, and Dante Fabric has to be at the center of that conversation every time. Right? He's just, he's just prone. No, he's just he's just prone to individual errors. Like he yeah. just doesn't doesn't seem to read the game very well. Yeah. At Nick Shap- Shaporiv, uh says Yossi Tomasino and Askarev. Again, I'm going to talk about those guys in a second. And then uh, our my good buddy Ken, uh, who has various uh, accounts on on Twitter. <laughs> Says none. What do you think about that? None. No, no, no. Current predators will be on the team in 2025. What do you think about that? You know, it's certainly possible, but 
I think you're, you need to have some type of veteran core during a rebuild. This goes back, I think um, I think it was on the... I'm trying to remember if it was who, who published the article. You may remember as soon as I started saying it. I think it was on the 4-check. Um, had an article about don't do what the Buffalo Sabres did. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah don't rebuild. And Buffalo Sabres basically just shipped out everyone who could breathe. Like, they cleared out everything. Not, no trade was too small. <laughs> uh, and really, all that, that, that just completely... Oh, yeah, it was Kate. Kate wrote that. Okay. Um, it just has... You see how it's worked out for them. Like, it yeah. just has not worked out. And they've spent all this money on on forwards and, and trading everything. And they just have... They just cleared out the cupboard too much. You need to try, even in a rebuild, you need to have a decent core so that you have leadership you have experience you have some stability yeah. now it's difficult i think to convince or sell the right players that they want to be involved in that sort of thing because you're essentially saying yeah don't compete for a cup come here and be our veteran core to help the young guys compete for a cup after you retire or maybe mm -hmm. you'll get lucky and, and you'll get to kind of ride the coattails to to um a stanley cup final it's a tough sell but I think you can't just sell everything and then expect, you know, if you sell the walls, you don't have a house anymore. You know, the roof's just going to collapse on you. So you right. need to have something in place. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I, I think so too. Now it's an interesting proposition from Ken. And I think um, there's not, there's, there's a possibility um, that, but it's, sure, it's, absolutely. Pretty, it's pretty rare that you see that over the, over a, a five year span that a complete turnover, hundred percent turnover in a team. I think Roman Yossi will be the one that is, that is here. Um, basically until he retires until the end of that contract, um, until he retires. So, um, but everyone else gone, you know, I, Victor Arvidsson won't be here. Obviously Rene will be long retired. You see Soros. I don't think he'll be here by then. I think he'll be, I think he'll be either be somewhere else or, or at least be a backup, uh, still, because I think at that time, Askarov, who will be probably be like 23, 24 will be the starter. I mean, yeah, I, it comes to if, yeah, I mean, you, um, I would say Yossi. Saros needs to land somewhere that is going to run a strong 1A, 1B goalie setup. Uh, I mean, that's where he's been most successful with, with Rene is when they're doing the 1A, 1B. Because mm -hmm. um, if Askarov walks in and establishes himself as a, as a starter, a true kind of clear 1, 1, 1, 1A, that's it, starter. There's no real. I mean, it's it's gonna be tough for Saros, and I think he's capable of more than being a backup. Certainly, I think he'd have a long career as a as an NHL backup, um, which is not not the worst job to have in the world. Yeah, no, for sure, and and uh, that that would be successful for him. And and you know, you you want you want players to to succeed where they can um, in in a situation that makes sense for them. It probably wouldn't be great for Saros and his his professional career to go from backup to Pekarene to backup to. Askarov and very clearly be the second. Now he, you know, it's weird. His, his career trajectory is so strange. Cause he's like, he had this brief moment where Soros was clearly the starter, right? End of the year, last year, beginning of the year, this year. And then now it's like really not sure. And then they draft a goalie and it's like, well, it's, I mean, when you, and then when you, you get a concussion and it dictates what happens and who's on the ice. I mean, it, that's it. Yeah. Um, um, so I want to talk about prospects in a second. Oh, I did want to mention this. Uh, so uh, one thing about this this transition that could be rough is, you know, like I think I think that there's a maximum of like five or six 
current 23-man roster guys that will be on this team in five years. I've mentioned three. There could be like maybe one or two more, but it's it's really not going to be more than five or six. Compare that with the end of the Trots era where like there were a lot more players that transitioned into La Violette and within five years we're still playing. So like I've just got a brief list here. Here's here's like, I think this is 10 or 11 players. Rene, Sissons, Forsberg, Ekholm, Ellis, Yossi, Yarncrock, Seth Jones, who obviously was eventually traded for uh, Ryan Johansson, Shea Weber traded for PK Suman, Austin Watson, Mike Fisher, Craig Smith. All of those players saw the transition from Barry Trotz to Laviolette into into you know the end of a down era to the height of a of a good era in the Stanley Cup Final. Ten or eleven players, that huge core, like you mentioned, the walls. They kept the walls so that the roof wouldn't fall in, and they kept a lot of walls around. They also made some key trades. Obviously, getting James Neal that was a big one. Um, they drafted well, getting guys like Kevin Fiala. So there, there's, there was some transition there, a, a lot more structure to the transition. I think this transition is going to be a lot um, less structured. Yeah, well, honestly, like if, if you look at just the ages of some of these players, I mean, the, a lot of these guys were pretty young. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you think, you look at this, you know, the thing that catches me is, and this wasn't under Barry Trotz, but, James Neal was 27 at that point. That's crazy to think 27 about. 27 years old. Now we think of him, he's like done. He's out of the league. Like he's, he's, over, he's over the hill, you know? He's, <laughs> he, but yeah, I think yeah, it, it, they picked the exact right time to transition <laughs> philosophies. Um, I think arguably Trotz may be of the three coaches that have coached the Predators, probably the best coach of them. If we look mm-hmm. at, you know, their careers to date, yeah, um, which is interesting, but it's, it's a, it was the right time to make the change because they had a young roster with a lot of talent coming up. I mean, that defensive. I mean, it was, but it was also classic Predator stuff. So they had such a strong defensive core; they could get the offensive pieces in place because th- these were never super goal scoring teams, except for the years when Victor Arvidsson was actually scoring thirty goals a year, and right. that was very different. But even then, they still lacked a lot of offensive pop sometimes. Yeah. Um, so it was very classic Predators. And now I think a lot of a lot of the players who are, you know, if you look at today where we are, it's just it is a lot older for the most part. Because who are who are the Yossi's and Ellis's Ellis's and Ekholm's <laughs> um, that are on defense that are come up and replace them? The, I, I think the Predators it, I think... don't have yeah. the elite defenseman defensive kind of roster yeah or or stable of players in training that they have had their entire history this is this is the first time they don't have that that those defensive unicorns if i can bring it back to the mm-hmm. earlier yeah. jokes i i think they're i you know probably one of those three davies allard or carrier is probably i mean a, a very solid lock to be a, a huge part of the defense going maybe even more than one maybe maybe two or maybe all three i don't know but uh, but are you looking for one of them are one of those guys going to be the team's next roman yossi or is, or are we hoping for right. the team's next that's a maddie's at home is that where they're going to top yeah. out yeah that's probably probably a stretch i think they're probably probably somewhere definitely i i think you could see one of them my my my, my hint is that Davies would be in between an Ekholm and a, and a Yossi. That, that's his ceiling yeah. that when, when he really gets going. I don't know about Alex Carrier. I, I just, 
He's had he's had several several chances now, and he looks pretty good. He's I just don't know what his ceiling is. I think his ceiling is probably pretty low. He's twenty four. He yeah. I mean, but these guys we're also looking at twenty four, twenty three, uh, twenty four. I mean, these guys are coming in their mid twenties. Like yeah, if they were elite talents, they'd be in the NHL by now. And and Allard, we need, we've only had one game. We need to see more. Yeah, I don't I don't think there's a lot. I I think these are guys who help stabilize the franchise, but these are not. None of these guys are franchise defensemen. These are yeah. good defensemen, probably. But you look at the ages, you know, NHL players are trending younger mm-hmm. these yes. days. Yes. It, it, there's less time in development. They're putting them right in the NHL, and they're having them play, and they're having an impact. So when I see yeah. guys who are starting their rookie year in their mid-20s, <laughs> my response is that they're not franchise defensemen. If they were, they would have fought their way into the roster. Now, arguably, you, if you come to me and say, no, we think that the, ro- the the rookies were mismanaged, these guys should have been playing the NHL two years ago, I'd probably agree with you. Yeah. Let, them, let them burn out. Let them prove themselves. Don't let them develop for 14 years or whatever. Um, but I, I think either they were missed. But finally, I think th- this franchise has a history of mismanaging prospects. I think they got lucky with some elite defensive prospects. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just don't trust the development cycle with this, yeah. with this organization for the most part. Kale, Kale McCarr, Ty Smith, Quinn Hughes, uh, Sam Gerrard, even Rasmus Dahlin, all these guys are super young. And I mean, that right there is like the best defensive group in the, in the league right now. I mean, like those guys are all good. Alex Carrier is like older than all those dudes. So uh, yeah, it, right. So his, his development is much later and probably he's probably not going to make it. So, um, there are there are some there are some prospects in the in the red defensive pool. I mean, David David Ferentz is a, is a very very promising uh, NCAA player who will probably make the jump uh, if he does sign with Nashville. That is, um, uh, which could always happen. But um, so let me t- let's talk briefly about the co- prospects. I know prospects is not something we cover a ton on this show, but uh, the only reason I want to bring them up is because I think that in five years, certain players, certain key players, will be at possibly you know their 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 peak i mean i don't know that they're that's really fair for to predict when their peak is going to be but for this league being so young a guy like philip tomasino he's going to be like 24 25 years old in five years yeah that's like i mean Connor mcdavid is 24 right now and he's like tearing it up i don't think tomasino is going to be Connor mcdavid but (laughs) that's that's what you're you're looking for i mean if he's Mm going to be an elite player by the time he's 24 you need to see it uh, Afanasiev, who's playing in the KHL right now, uh, obviously, obviously Askarov, who goalies are very different, but if he comes up and, uh, by 23, 24 years old is like your ace and playing, you know, winning 30 games a year, uh, that's going to be pretty crucial. Uh, so it, so those, those guys are, th- that development is, is important. Obviously who they draft in between now and 2025 is also incredibly important. Deeply, so, deeply important. And and do they go pick up some young guys who are on uh, who are yeah. either cap casualties of other teams, or do they find some diamonds in the rough? Uh, That's what bugged me about that uh, the the leaked trade proposal. Uh, Broadway Hockey shared oh, yeah. that there was a trade for what was it Ekholm and Arvidsson for Gostisbehere, Gustafson, and then they this picks. We don't know what kind of picks. Just some like, picks, yeah. That's such a bad trade because very old player, oldish, you know, you know, you know, kind of peak player, but who's been struggling and unknown draft picks. 
Yeah. That's not what a team that's rebuilding needs. Like well, that and, is and, that is not like because those aren't going to be great draft picks probably. Well, I, my my only issue with that was what does draft picks mean? I mean, like if you're talking about like a couple first rounds, like one year, yeah, one I mean, this year and one next year, that'd be fine. It would but, need, yeah, it would need to be big, big draft picks. But and then the you know the Gulf system is just to make salary work because of right. cap issues. Yeah, but it's just you know I don't know. I want I want the Predators to look at draft picks. I also want to look at prospects because draft picks are for you know four years down the road. Like you're just hoping they come at the right time. But relying entirely on draft picks for development uh, and rebuild is a very, very long process. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to be making those trades to get young NHL quality talent that you can start playing. Yeah. So any deal doesn't include that. I'm a little bit skeptical unless it's just really, really lucrative with the draft picks. Um, so just to kind of wrap up the the, the sort of look ahead to the five years, you know, the, this team is going to look very different. Obviously, uh, I, I I think Roman Yossi will still be on the team, probably Ryan Ellis as well. The the four group is going to be very different. I mean, you're going to have, uh, de- especially down the middle. I mean, you're going to have, I think Philip Tomasino is going to be your best your best center. After that, you know, I don't know. It's probably probably players who are not on this roster or maybe not even playing in the league right now. Uh, I don't I don't know exactly where Afanasiev um, sort of, where, where his... Uh, trend is going if he's going to be trending more of a center or a wing um and then uh he's he's listed as a wing most typically okay. but he right. can play either side so he seems like he's pretty flexible okay. so he's probably he'll probably be a wing i would imagine if they're if he's already doing yeah it. yeah i would imagine so but um yeah so like the 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 future of the team is is going to look very different and i think the transition between now and then is going to be pretty rough i, I think it's going to be pretty rough for for Preds fans, yeah, I don't really know. I, it's hard to come up with a with suggestions or a plan because they are tied in so many ways. And if it's early, if they if they find success, like you remember how when Laviolette first came on board, they you know they made the playoffs in fourteen fifteen. They played the Blackhawks, and you just kind of knew you were like they're not going to beat the Blackhawks. Blackhawks went went on to win the cup that year. You you knew that they you knew the Preds were early in their in their window right i mean that was a you know forsberg had just you know he was running in the running for the calder rena had had a pretty good year a bounce back i think there was i, I guess what i'm saying is we we knew going into it that that was early you're mm-hmm. probably going to see that you could see that here too and in three years maybe they make the playoffs but it's probably going to be early in their development i mean some of these guys i don't know maybe they'll maybe they'll burst out of the scene and, and be great but um you think it's going to take four or five years for this team to really get back into it. Yeah. And they also need a system that actually works. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah this, yeah. this is all kind of like uh, assuming that the uh, entire structure of the front office and the coaching staff is all basically new. <laughs> I mean, it's a big right? assumption, I mean, right? Yeah. I don't think any of us think that this is going to be David Boyle's general. Manager I mean, he's going to be five years. I mean, he's going to be pushing 80 at that point. Like, Dude, take a yeah. vacation. Yeah, right. So I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think John Hines is going to be a part of it either. So it'll be all new structure. I'll, I'll actually be curious office. to see if John Hines is still coaching NHL without, in five years. Oh, yeah, good point. Yeah, probably not. Um, as a head coach. As a head coach. As a head coach. So, yeah, it's going to be rough. If you're a Preds fan, buckle up. It's gonna get bumpy for a few years, but hey, maybe uh, maybe prices will go down on tickets, and maybe you'll be actually get, be able to get back in the building. 
Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> and I'll still leave when it goes to shootout. Right. All right. Uh, I guess there's technically still some games coming up. So Monday, the Predators. A weird schedule. Can we say that the next four games yeah. are really a weird schedule? Yes. Uh, a Monday matinee game against Tampa Bay. That's going to be great because no one's going to be watching. Yes, that's true. No one like, I can't watching. watch that. I'm going to be in the middle of, my, middle of my work day. I can't watch that. Uh, then they played next Thursday at Florida and the next Saturday at Florida, which is also a 1 p.m. game. So, And they get an airplane. They fly from Florida to Dallas and play a makeup game. Because that's a makeup game against Dallas, uh, right? Yeah. So that's next next Sunday. Yeah. I didn't put that yeah. Before, but yeah. So, yeah, that's it's not a great schedule. Four rough road games. So so help me. Here's what I don't understand. And I know schedules are complica- complex in the NHL. But Dallas screwed up and had to essentially forfeit games, the NHL reschedules them and places the disadvantage on Nashville because Nashville has to play a game in Florida, finish, get an airplane, fly to Dallas, sleep, get up, and play Dallas in Dallas. Yeah. Like, how... They're just giving advantages to the Stars at that point. Unless, I don't know, the Stars... I wish there was a way I could just easily navigate this schedule... Um, to see what the Dallas Stars doing on on the day before. I mean, I don't want to give the league a pass here, but I I feel like as long as they were able to reschedule the game, it was like someone was going to get screwed. It might as well be Nashville. Okay, well, so so yeah, they're playing away against Detroit at six p.m. Flying home, yeah, to play the Predators. Uh, okay, so I, I mean that, that's better that than I was thinking, the, but like that happened in the NFL too. I mean, like when the Predator or when the Titans had to reschedule their game with the Bills and it was played on a Tuesday, it really screwed the Bills over because they they had some situation with their game. So like, it, I feel like it's probably just a circumstance, but it does it does screw Nashville. But hey, you know what? More uh, more pressure on these rookies to to play in a back to back game and see what <laughs> they're made of. So, but man, it's really rough. I don't know. In some ways, I kind of, I kind of enjoy being able to watch this transition to see. I mean, at some point, you're like, you realize, like, okay, this team is obviously clearly not going to go deep in the playoffs. I can plan my my summers a little bit. My summers are a little bit easier to plan, you know, because I don't have to worry about too, going too late into the season. And then you get to, you know, the draft is more interesting. You get to think about, you know, they're going to be higher in the draft. You're probably going to get a better player and. Maybe they're gonna wheel and deal and make some trades and get more draft picks, and that's that's kind of fun to watch too, right? Well, the great thing about the draft is is I get to pretend I know anything about these prospects, and then get really <laughs> mad when they don't draft the one that I want. That's my favorite part because um, there are there are people who specialize in this sort of thing, and I just listen to what they say, and I'm like, yes, yeah. Exactly. But it's the people like I used to try this, and I know other people still do it. Where they're just like, "Oh, this is definitely the person." I'm like, "Yeah, I know. You read the same articles I did, but you don't know a damn thing." And just admit it. Because there's no way that you flew to Oshawa to watch a certain player play, or you didn't you didn't go to to the Swedish to to somewhere in Sweden to watch some prospect play in the Swedish league. Like you don't know you don't know anything about these players. I went I went I spent my summer at the Belarusian major junior hockey tournament and the things <laughs> I saw would would amaze you. Exactly. Yeah, right. No, I'm with you. I, I'm the same way. I, I mean part of it is like I know what I'm good at and I know what I'm not good at and I know mm-hmm. I found people that I can rely on for, for prospect information who do find a way to watch these games. I mean, maybe not in person, but they're they're watching um, you know, they've got like 
league passes for like European leagues and stuff, and they're watching these players at least on a semi-regular basis, and I would trust that. So yeah, I, I, I do try to try to follow some of it, but exactly, I'm not like, um, man, if they don't draft that winger from the the Kamloops Big Chiefs or whatever they are. <laughs> They'll be screwed because they're going to miss out on this dude. I do remember really wanting the Predators to draft um, Alex Debrinket whenever that was, uh, whatever that, whatever draft that was. And I think they, I don't think they got the chance to draft him. But I remember really liking him, and he turned out to be very good. So I'm going to use that knowledge to think that I know what I'm talking about. You do know what you're talking about. I, I once told a room full of people that I thought Harry Kane was going to be the next big thing, um, and so now they just think I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> this is when this is before he when he was just really getting started. Um, right. So. Right. Yes, exactly. All right. So uh, you can check out all your hockey cover, all our hockey coverage at a to z sportsnational.com. You can follow me on Twitter at alexdarty1. Follow link on Twitter at 3 dlink, and we will see everyone next week.